Alright, welcome to another episode of Born to Rome. It's been a while, so uh, it's nice to come back real strong with uh, my boy Brandon here from Chastity. How's it going, Brandon? Good. How are you? I'm very well. How is your uh, 100th lockdown treating you? I know. It's been, uh, yeah, it's weird to do it in the winter again, but... uh it's been all right. How's yours been? It's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. I've been loving your new record, Suffer Summer. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for checking out. Very sick. So is this your third or fourth LP? Third. Third. Third LP. And um, yeah, it's, this one seems to be going extremely well for you. So that is fucking awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Do you, I mean, uh, do you feel like there has been some additional traction due to the actual pandemic like do you think that because um a lot of artists seem to be hesitant to release stuff right now because they can't get it out and actively support it with touring and all that stuff that there is a bit of a some um some freedom on the highway to make up some ground do you feel like that's a factor in in any of this for you i think potentially i know what you mean like i think i feel weird right now that i can't tour that like you put something out you get this visibility and then you're supposed to stay visible by mm-hmm. posting pictures from omaha nebraska and whatever yeah. you're like posting on and keeping on people's feeds or whatever isn't that the plan usually so now i'm just <laughs> so now i'm just uh trying to keep up with it all but you're probably right like um if people are hesitating to release stuff because it's the pandemic still and because there's this vinyl delay or whatever's going on with that, maybe my shit in turn has been more visible or something. I think, yeah, I mean, I think you make a good point there when you, we, we had the same experience at the beginning of lat, like about a year ago now is trying to put something out and figure out how to support it. And, you know, content is the real C word. I'd say. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it's uh it's definitely a, there's I think I think um I think there it's it's hard to to not draw the conclusion that there are some benefits to kind of trying to put stuff out when everyone else is hesitant to do so, but there are reasons why everyone's hesitant to put stuff out which are, you know, it's very tough to um to know how to keep piling coal into the furnace of a release right uh just purely through the digital format which uh does uh i'm sure for everyone uh becomes um a bit of a a pain in the ass honestly yeah well being asked to post tiktoks or whatever it's just not something i'm i've been used to or whatever Mm -hmm. and i think people were calling the project elusive and shit up until this point and I don't think the project's been elusive. I think I've just been nervous or something. <laughs> and it's like, I and being asked, I think, to step out with this amount of content, it's like, I think I have now had to step out of comfort zone a little and, and just um, post and just get on the fucking TikTok or yeah, whatever. Man. And like, and, and Instagram and whatever. And just like, um, here it is. When I think my preference is like, here are the 10 songs that I labored over or whatever here, 
here's the music, here's like the videos and whatever. That would be my preference, but yeah. it's just not the world like that we live in. And that's fine. I think it, and granted TikTok is kind of fun and funny and whatever. And Instagram is too. The shit is, it's fine or whatever. But, um, I guess I am nervous to do it though, honestly. So, and there's pressure to do it. For right, sure. I mean, it's, uh, I have I have a weird relationship with it that I think is probably pretty common for with you know most most uh, people in art situations, which is you know I dread having to do it, but then once I do it and it goes well, it's like ooh, I feel a little bit of a dopamine rush coming it's on, true. and it's just like okay, now do it again, and it's you're true. like shit, okay. and then it eats shit the next yeah, time. and you're like damn, what I do wrong, and then somebody tells you oh yeah, you didn't you didn't play the algorithm right, and I'm just like I'm not a fucking I know it uh, needs to be seven seconds. Really? I didn't know it needs to be seven. I, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I am highly suspicious of anybody that, that tells me that they understand how any of this works. Honestly, I know. I think it's just like throwing things and see what works. The more, the more shots you take, the, the better it is, the better your chances. But at the same time, like if you're putting out stuff, content, mm. that you're like, this sucks. Not only does it eat your soul, but like it doesn't reflect well on the brand so it's kind of a catch-22 situation where you're kind of forced Honestly. to come up with stuff that you can stand behind but like a high quantity you're supposed to come up with quality and quantity which is um a bit of a a bit of a a tough tough ask i i feel it is you know yeah it is i think it's not my preferred format or whatever i like doing that with music videos or mm. with like and that's what i've been used to i think that's what i've been like trying to get better at um and now it's like oh i haven't been considering this short form video thing with humor necessarily you know what i mean mm -hmm. um and now it's like and can you do that 365 times a year at least <laughs> i'm like I don't think so, actually. I don't no. think I can, <laughs> but I'll try or whatever. I don't know. I uh, think I, I just always feel, you know, when I listen to the voices about all these stuff that are like, you have to do more off. I'm never going to meet that mark because like, I just don't want to. And I also, when, it, when I kind of have my wits about me and I feel more confident about the whole thing, I say, I understand what like the, like the, what you're asking me to do. But I also, as an artiste, feel comfortable in saying, fuck you. I'll do whatever I want. I'll play the game the way I want to play it. Right. But I'm not going to, uh, you know, strap on my fucking tutu and get out there <laughs> for a few, uh, you know, extra likes and probing some new demographics. That's not who I am. No. And uh, let the chips fall where they may. But right. uh, it's obviously there's, there's, a, there's a different kind of imperative and pressure when you're like right in the eye of a release, mm. you know, to really keep things going. And I remember I was talking to Adam uh, Bentley, you know, Adam, right? Yep. Yeah. Adam was telling me that I think it was like 60,000 new songs get released a day or something. We were talking about this earlier. Like it's a crazy, uh, it's a crazy world. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's, as I said, I am kind of weary of anybody that thinks that they have the whole thing figured out. I think mm -hmm. you just got to do your best. And you know, yeah. the, mo the number one thing is you got to just like, you got to make the best, like music and visuals that you can present and right. uh and then just experiment with 
you know, the supportive material, but I think totally. other people have it the backwards way where they're just like, I got to be posting on all this stuff. Our songs are terrible, but mm. like, uh, that doesn't matter because we have a million followers on TikTok. But what does that actually translate to? Right. Are people coming to your shows or, right. Right. Uh, Honestly. you know, anyways, it's this true. Is- no, it's true. I think I, yeah, I think I do want the songs to like reach the people who they're written for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now it's like, oh, that happens in this way and being told like, this is how I think it does feel trippy and, and weird when I, I think the initial hope for us is probably like for both of us and our bands have been like, let's work on the best songs possible, put them out and then hope, right. That the purest form of connecting with people is probably word of mouth and people insisting that their friends check it out. Right. Yeah. So it's like, I guess that is still the hope in my, in the back of my mind that it just gets legs and runs to these friend groups and whatever, and they show up in packs at the shows and whatever. Yeah. And um, but I guess that happens by being visible on these platforms or something. So I don't know. I I, I agree with you though. I I do kind of hold out for that, and I I do honestly think that that is the most efficient. Uh, proselytizing of your of your music is people telling other people check this out it can occur online like that's a super cool way it it happens but um that's the way you in my opinion you get actual fans and not somebody that's like oh i checked out this one song what's the next thing you know but when people tell their friend you know check this song out or check you know that's how we uh most people that have you know told us, hey, we got into you this way. It's from a friend, you know? And so I, I think that you're right. And I think that it all kind of boils back down to, um, for me, is like, I think trying to just put out stuff on these various platforms that you'll stand behind and not just right. like trying to keep up, you know, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. keeping up sake. For sure. Um, but I don't know. I could be wrong, but that's, that's my... Uh, that's that's also how I justify my my laziness. I just feel like a sense of like constant dread, like when it's like I gotta come up with some sort of thing right. to let people know that I'm still alive. You right. know? I, I don't know. like that. I know. And I don't even feel that it's your laziness. I I get the sense that you and I both are obsessed with our projects. Oh yeah. Like I'm obsessed with Josh. Live and breathe. I think it. it yeah, I think about it goddamn all the time. And but for some reason, I haven't got an hour in my day. Why don't I have an hour That's in my day I, for that? Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's like it's so distracting to every other part of my life, really. Mm-hmm. But I can't be asked to do this <laughs> one yeah. extra new thing or whatever. Yeah. So I do feel a bit maybe guilty about that because I'm thinking about it all the time. And I'm doing stuff to toward the project all the time. It's not just working on music recording it playing shows or whatever there's all this other bullshit right mm. there's all these emails the and yeah it's the beast and you gotta wake up and tame feed this. the beast <laughs> and feed the, yeah so it's uh anyways i mean yeah we could just like sit for six hours and talk about this but uh i mean i but just back to my 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 basic kind of question here so like do you do you feel like um that with your with with suffer summer that you've kind of been able to um reach a new reach a new kind of level because that's certainly what it you know it really it, it's going great um and it's 
you know, you got you have been working super hard on this. You've been steadily releasing singles the last few years when most people have kind of like, oh, I'll just, you know, hang back during this whole pandemic thing. You guys have been crushing it and I just want to say it's beautiful to see. You Shit, get the man, thank you. You get the uh, recognition that you deserve. Shit. Thank you for saying like Yeah, I think I mean, I, it's hard to like look back and see like, okay, what has happened? The first record we put out um, was called Death Lust in 2018. And that got some positive criticism or whatever. And it went well. And, you know, these platforms started supporting and the people started supporting and people started sharing it around or whatever. And then a year later, we put out like a pretty like politically charged, like kind of sharp, maybe alienating record um that didn't go as well <laughs> off the hype of the first it was just the fucking sophomore <laughs> sophomore <Yeah. whatever. laughs> so experience that honestly and i stand i fucking i like that record we play the yeah we play a ton of those songs yeah. still and whatever i i like it um but people didn't as much or something. And then I think this record, maybe it's sort of the redemption off the, off the shoulders of the first or something. I, I can't really tell what's going on, but um, I, I, it seemed to, this record has seemed to have positive reception. And I guess we'll see when we start playing shows and yeah. whatever. And like, like, I think I did have in mind off the last record, like it was the first time that people were singing along to like one song in particular. And it was like, I think I was like, okay, I love writing hooks. Maybe I'll just do a little more of this stuff. And, and so I think that wasn't the only intentional part, but I don't think that was like, I'll do this so we can reach more Yeah, yeah, yeah. people. It was just like, I, I was trying to chronicle my love of emo on the three it's like a trilogy and i i wanted to take it sort of era by era and i think i just reached the sort of jimmy eat world worship era on this one and um and wanted to do that and you know what i mean let's get the hook first and then let's make the verses choruses too and whatever um it was the most fun to write, I think, this one. Well, the hooks are sharp, man. The hooks are sharp it. as hell. The uh, so that's an interesting way of, of doing it. I was going to ask you. Obviously, we, we I like I love talking to people about their process. It's always a very fascinating thing to me because everybody it's a million ways to uh, to uh, to do it. But is that kind of did you kind of start with that premise, or does, did it just kind of organically come that way? Um, in terms of just like really, really zeroing in on hooks and was it more of like a, did you feel yourself kind of free to just kind of pursue that direction and really fulfilled by really going for the hooks or was it more of a conscious decision from the outset? Uh, no, I've, I thought about it like that in 2016, I tweeted suffer summer, like back in the day and I wanted to sort of get here or whatever and build it. And I think on, on the first record, it was like, I think that the Smashing Pumpkins are an emo band. They're like one of the first. There are a lot of other things too. And they're fucking sick, but they're also an emo band. So let's make that first stop and do this fucking Pumpkins worship record. And then second stop was Homemade Satan. It was kind of this more 80s, kind of Smithsy, also 
a fucking emo band, mm-hmm. I think. And then let's make a stop here. And so at this sort of hook zone, early 2000s emo type shit, you know. Um, Great time for hooks. For sure it was, for sure. So I don't know. It was intentional to um, hook it up and yeah. whatever. and Swing for the fences. Honestly, yeah. So, But the process is that I've got sort of lyrics first um, and theme. I'm just kind of working toward a theme. The theme of this is like happiness it's a record about happiness and um and yeah i just kind of riffed on that idea it was like something i could point to and just keep writing about or whatever and and then it was like yeah let's write some fucking tunes and and had some hook i just had like some hook voice memo ideas and shit and just fill in the voice memos and then going from there you know side note we got to say that i think out of all the tour tools of the modern world out of ever after ever talking to as many uh of my very talented friends uh as i have at this point on this podcast i think i gotta give a huge shout out to voice notes which i think is maybe the the unsung hero of, of pretty much all honestly the musicians i know for real shout out steve jobs yeah yeah <laughs> Um, so that, I mean, I I was going to ask you about that. That's an interesting thing that you kind of pointed to there about having kind of a, you know, not necessarily like a mood board, but some kind of that when I, when I think of your band and, and, and your, the images that you present and the music that you associate with it, there's a very, uh, close marriage of things. And it seems like a very realized kind of, um, struggling for the words here but it it just it's all very cohesive so it's interesting to hear that you kind of start with like i'd like to uh have this is what i'm aiming for and this is what everything will return to from the outset that's interesting yeah well i appreciate yeah it's sort of a a pinterest board yeah (laughs) sort of yeah uh i think i i'm just like okay similar to you guys i think it's like I think there must have been a point for you, right? Where you're like, we're not from Toronto. We're from Dundas. Like, and I think for me, it's like, it was the same way. I think we probably both saw it. Things were happening in Toronto. Um, and we could go and drive there and play there or whatever. But I think for me, it was like, okay, Chastity's from Whitby. Um, and there's kind of a mood you step out in Whitby or whatever. It's this sort of sprawl, Barren. you know, all this like, yeah. And, and kind of a lonely place mm-hmm. around a hundred thousand people. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like the suburban kind of feeling. So it's like, I think that's just the given. That's like the step outside the house. The first step, that's just like the chastity feeling, mm-hmm. I think, or the being in your room alone, you know what I mean? That's yeah. like, that's me anyways. That's been me. So I guess that's just the mood. I don't know if that's what you're referring to, but totally. that I think is what the project feels to me. Cause I think it's authentic or whatever to me. Yes. And I think, I think that that's, that kind of, that, that really kind of fleshes out what I was going for in terms of when I think of your band, especially the, 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 the dominating kind of imagery and even just the sound is, is, is one of, of solitude and, and just kind of standing out in a, in, in a kind of a bit of a barren landscape, you know, Mm. and that's, uh, that's, I, I, I really like you touching base on that where I'm from. This is who I am. I, 
this is what this is this is you know as as our good buddy Drew Thompson said you got to write about what you know you got to write about what you know um it's harder to you know uh you know try and um bend yourself into some sort of scene Toronto bands making party anthems when it's like that's not my reality though this is my reality so let me write about this straight up yeah I think that's what I was like seeing and I I mean Chastity started I, I went to a Mets show in I think 2012 or something and I was like okay shit this is tight like <laughs> um and then like ripped off one of their songs on one of my first songs, Manning Hill, and just kind of took it from there. But I think I saw a band like doing that in the city or whatever. And I think I was like, can this happen in my room too? Because this feels like it happened, you know, out of some sub pop type sounding mm -hmm. bedroom shit, like riff into a big sounding band at the jam space into like just this old way of doing things in a new fucking way. I think I saw Mets do it and was fucking blown away. And I was like, I need to try to do this in a way that's authentic to me. You was, know? was that a real kind of Genesis moment for chastity, basically just seeing Mets play and, and, and saying maybe I could do this. Yeah, I think, well, I think there's time like, times prior to that but i think that was a big it kind of focused for me. your 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 vision and kind of gave you something to to really strive towards yeah yeah i think chastity sort of a post mets you know what i mean mm -hmm. uh in a way i don't know and a post a ton of other shit mm -hmm. that i rip off or whatever and we rip off but um yeah i think it was an inspirational moment for sure that night and at the horseshoe. Was it in, in Toronto? Yeah. That's sick. I remember seeing Mets for the first time. The first time I saw Mets was actually at one of these Constantine shows, and I was like, holy crap, these, this band oh, is yeah. really loud. Holy shit. Yeah, it was in Toronto at... Uh, what year? At Lee's. That was 2010. Damn. Yeah. yeah. I think That's they were just, just kind of... Well, I mean, it was the first time I had heard of them. I'm sure they'd been rumbling around a bit, but that was... Uh, my first ins or my first uh, interaction with them, and I, I had a very similar like, holy shit, this band is very. This is like, this is like Nirvana. If you just like, if you, if they, if Nir if the, if Kurt Cobain didn't ever hear the Beatles, <laughs> like, <laughs> That's so good, yeah, yeah, honestly, <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, it's like a more pure version of Nirvana. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah. So let's talk a little about like growing up in Whitby and like, what, what was your, I mean, you're, you're, you're a bit younger than me. What, mm -hmm. what year were you born? 90. 90. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're, we're, we're the same year, but, um, what was your kind of like, you grew up with much music, obviously. Yeah. Like everyone from our generation. Yeah. What was the first, was that, was that the first time that you kind of got attached to a band was from much music or was there a local radio station that you really dug or how did you get in? Well, I like, I like wasn't allowed to watch much music and shit growing up. Like I grew up in the church and shit. Mm. And, um, so it was kind of like sneaking much music and BET. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. So it was like even all that much more attractive to like watch and find out about something on much music and 
I think it was like when babysitters were over or whatever, we would get to watch those channels yeah. or sneak them because they didn't know or something. And so I found, like, I saw Alexis on Fire on Much On Demand, 3 p.m. or whatever. Yeah. And I was fucking blown away by that too. And I think that I was like, I had literally been used to like Christian type music and church. I grew up around a ton of music, like brass band type mm-hmm. of stuff. We grew up Salvation Army. Um, so it's like brass band and hymns and, um, I grew up playing the euphonium and the trumpet, you know what I mean? These brass instruments wow. and going to, so it was, a uh, Alexis on fire is a lot different than that. And I think spoke more directly to my heart than that shit was, you know, God bless it. God bless it. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, so I think it just sort of honestly, um, changed my life big time like yeah. that moment probably and and then found out about whoever billy talent and all that shit was on i think it was like strombo probably george strombopolis yeah. like pulling the strings getting these like sick bands played behind the scenes right at much music and it was tight like um and then i just started going to shows there were punk shows happening um in the next town over in oshawa at this basement venue called the dungeon. Um, and I would just see, I mean, I saw suicide silence there. <laughs> I wow. saw like fucking set your goals. And these bands would just make, I think like, you know, Monday or Tuesday night sort of B market stops yeah. in Oshawa. Date um, fillers. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then I'd have the privilege of like getting exposed to these like amazing like world-class kind of like outsider bands mm-hmm. in the town next to me. Um, so yeah, it was, I was, I guess I was just like around it and an admirer and just a sort of like outside, like a studier of this type of shit. And I was just fascinated by it and, um, and then just get, yeah. <laughs> and then it went from there. I mean, that was an incredible moment in time where like, Alexis on fire was like on high rotation on much music and also on the edge and everything. And it was like this post hardcore, uh, infiltration and takeover of Canadian airwaves was like, it was just a very specific moment in time. But I think, you know, you and I are the same age. It hit at the same moment in our lives and it was around like 12 or 13 or 14 or something like that. And it was just like, whoa this is uh this is different than um you know in the late 90s it was like blink which was sick but like in some 41 and all that stuff but it was like this is craziness like yeah. this is absolute you know the first time i saw alexis on fire i was like this is music like mm-hmm. this is technically classified as music as well because i had never seen or heard anything uh like that there wasn't right. people at my school that really were um touting it so that it it was a very uh eye and ear opening experience that I'm very thankful happened at that time in, in our lives. For sure. For sure. And bless those other bands like Blink 182 and Sum 41. But I think when Alexis on Fire happened for me, it was like um as much as the emo word or whatever was thrown around pretty flippantly, I think it was just like emotional music that actually just struck a chord with me and was real and talked about shit that I felt in ways that I couldn't say, but they were saying, I think it just fucking moved me, you know? And 
and spoke to me. And um, so I think that, and I was just attracted then. It was sort of the template of like, that's the music I like now or whatever and finding other shit the used and whoever else, you know. Was that there. kind of a template for your own expression or were you at that at that point or were you still just kind of, as you said earlier, like an observer? You were still kind of like, okay, I like this. Now what else do I like? Was it more of that at that time for you? Well, I think back then it was like, okay, this is what I like. I think I was just admiring it, trying to find out more. Um, I think I was like downloading shit illegally or whatever and and just scrolling forums and scrolling whatever. I found it refused that way. I was like, what the fuck is this? Mm -hmm. This is sick too. It was released in 1997 or mm. whatever. I was like, holy shit, where's this band now? You know? But I think there was tons of people doing that at the time. Like yeah. Discovering refused after they were supposed to be dead yeah. or whatever. But, and then they came back and sold more tickets than they ever had. Yeah. Right. So it's like, it's because we were all doing that at that time. So, um, I was just an admirer and I think I was just um, trying to find out as much as I could on the internet, you know? What was your first favorite band? Like, was there a band before any of this that you really, really got into or was was this kind of, um, this moment in time, did that really s begin your, you know, your current love affair with music? I think Alexis on Fire was sort of my first, I was sh quite sheltered and quite, um, I mean, I can probably just name Christian artists before mm -hmm. that, honestly. Like, the full truth is that, like, my first concert was at Wonderland. It was this band called Jars of Clay, this Christian rock band. Did they rock? So, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, but I don't know. I mean, so, but... But um, sort of revisionist history, I think Alexis on Fire was my first yeah. concert. Um, and, and George posted that poster the other day. It was, it was uh, Sleeper Set Sail, Planet Smashers, the Constantines, and Alexis on Fire at the Cool House. Wow. It was a pretty insane kind of trippy bill, right? What like, year was that? 2004. Wow. Or 2003, maybe. I think 2004. Yeah. It's wild. So it was fucking crazy. And yeah. And we punished. We saw, okay, we got, someone snuck us in, like someone um, doing security. Our friend, shout out Mike Brown. Um, his dad knew someone on security and, and got us in that night. And so we were just like standing around an empty ish cool house in that dead time before doors or whatever. And that's when I met. I met Dallas Green. Wow. In 2004. Yeah, we punished him for a picture or something. We had digital cameras and just, he was trying to chill. He was trying to set up merch or something like that or looking at something in the corner and we were just standing around like goofs and, can we get a big show? <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Mr. Green. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, I mean, that, we have to segue from there. I mean, how what's it like to now get to, to have made a song with, with Dallas. I can't believe it. Like I was just sort of throwing it out there when we made this song. And I was like, I get that. Um, 
there's reasons to say no beyond like I th I get that like if he does this for me it sort of opens this Pandora's box. Who else is gonna fucking yeah. ask? So I get the reasons. Even if he likes chastity or whatever, I get the reasons to say no. And there's so many of them. Um, but he was like, yeah, like, and so it was insane that he was down and um. I don't know. I can't believe it. I don't know what to say. Like, I can't believe he came through down the road from here and sang it at Catherine North. And I was just like, I literally went to Hasty Market and bought lottery tickets that morning because I was like, <laughs> this is my lucky day. Like, yeah. But yeah, I spent 40 bucks on them and won 20 bucks. So it wasn't nice. full. <laughs> yeah. But it was an insane day, man. Like, yeah. So, and uh, uh, by the way, the song's called Vicious Circle. Please check it out. It is a beautiful song, by Thank the way. You, man. you guys, you guys, uh, you guys croon beautifully together on that one. Thank you. Um, I was, did you guys record it together at Catherine North or were you mostly done your tracking when he came in? Okay, we recorded most of it at the Sugar Shack studio in London, yep. Ontario. It's With Simon? Place. With Simon, exactly. Yep. yep. Simon Larachette. Shout out Simon. Shout out Simon legend and um and we've recorded all our stuff pretty much all our stuff except for one or two songs at the sugar shack chastity discography um and then we recorded strings at catherine north um for the high ceilings and for the you know mm -hmm. what i mean we recorded like eight songs worth of strings um and then it just turned out like just that song was just too beautiful for my voice, I felt. And I was like, literally, I need help on this. And um, and literally, I feel the song is like a bit too high for my voice. Like the key that we'd recorded these yeah. strings it was in. Tracked. It was already so tracked. Like, yeah. um, Can't use a capo now, no. boys. <laughs> no. yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try asking and see what happens. And maybe we can live up to like the beauty of this song with the strings on it or whatever. Um, and then he came through and brought George Pettit. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm just like <laughs> trying to keep my composure here. I try just not to punish those guys when I'm around them. Cause yeah. I know them so well from the outside. Mm -hmm. And now here I am in a room and I'm trying not to ask like extremely specific, specific questions yeah. about their band or whatever. Yeah. But they're so sweet and it's so surreal. And I just try not to be a punisher or whatever. That is the wonderful thing about rock and roll is that, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a hell of a rocky road and, and a very interesting one, but if you stay in it long enough, you do get to, uh, to have these unbelievable, wondrous moments, uh, like that. I mean, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's, that's an incredible, I must, I, I can't even imagine what it must've felt like sitting there watching, uh, Dallas sing on your tune and, and, uh, remember, uh, remember watching, uh, much on demand. I'm sure those images are flashing insane. through your mind. Exactly. Oh, it was insane. And he was in there. He's like, you mind if I marry Jay Blige on this part? <laughs> I was like, Throw back to yes. your early BT uh, <laughs> nice. uh, viewing. <laughs> nice, yeah. That's, it uh, was insane. It was. I can't believe that day. It's March twenty second. I remember the day because I was so nervous. There's this three or four week gap between asking him and him coming through 
where I just couldn't sleep. I couldn't believe it. Wow. And I was like, I'll believe it when the day mm-hmm. happens or whatever. And not because I didn't believe him yeah, or yeah. that he's unreliable or something. He's so, but I was just like, I can't believe this could happen. Yeah. But anyways. It was- that is so sick, Brandon. I'm so happy for you, man. And uh, the track turned out amazing too. That, that, is a, that is a special tune sure, in your catalog. Um, so when was your first time that like you got up on a stage when you finally, like, did you, did you join an existing band? Did you start a band with a group of other people, similar minded people? What was that experience like? Yeah, I was at church or whatever. I used to sing at church. Mm -hmm. I used to like play in the junior band at at church, like play strings or, or play, um, brass stuff with a bunch of people, um, like a group of 15 people or whatever. And, um, that would, that would be my first. And then I played like an acoustic show at a church in Pickering, Ontario. Um, and then played kind of acoustic type shows in high school. And then, yeah, just kind of kept playing and just making an attempt at figuring out the state. I'm still fucking figuring it out and trying to be myself, but also be like, energizing be your best you. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's kind of a weird i mean what's your experience because you fucking kill it and i watch you and i'm like okay i need <laughs> even an ounce of this will do well for that's very kind of you like uh i i don't know i i i i sorry to say, this isn't supposed to be a cop-out but i still feel the same way as i'm still trying to figure out what to do like i i'm just like Sometimes I'll say things like, oh, this will this will go over well. And I say right. something, it's just like nothing. Yeah. Like, Shit. All right. <laughs> but your attempt is so much. There's a lot of diaphragm or whatever. <laughs> You're like, where I'm just mumbling into the thing. Like, are you guys done tuning yet? <laughs> like, yeah, are we good to go? Yeah. yeah. Like, let's go here. I, I'm trying to remember. I think it was in. I'm trying to remember what you were saying in Philadelphia, though. But Sam and I were standing at the side of the stage and we were howling. I can't remember what your banter was that night, but I have to say I was very jealous of what you were able to okay. conjure up that oh, night. Wow. So the street That's goes both nice. ways. Okay, friend. okay. I appreciate um, it. Shit. So what was your first like time? I, I mean, what, I guess once you had stepped outside of of uh, the your early experiences with the church, so to speak, like right. what was your first experience with rock and roll up there? Uh, was it in a, a band? Like, w- did you, were you asked to sing in a band or did you start your own band or how, how did that all go? Yeah, I had my own projects. Um, I, there was a metal band at my high school, um, with a name that didn't age so well, but called Slaves of Tomorrow. Um, and I was mostly filming them. I was like doing a lot of we filmed something in 2006. They had a show on, or, or we released like this DVD on 666. Yeah. Um, is that June 6th or whatever? 2006. Yep. Um, and so I was like involved a lot that way. Like I wanted to shoot music videos and shoot um, and take people's pictures and whatever and get involved in this band. And I was probably, I mean, I didn't, I mean, bless them and whatever, but I, Iron Maiden and whatever didn't speak to me like this other stuff was speaking to mm-hmm. me at the time. Um, so I didn't even really want to be in their mm-hmm. band. Um, <laughs> I wanted to just help or whatever. Yeah. And I was fascinated by like the path and sort of the like 
even just back then the like chess game that is the music industry like how are they doing it how are, how is this like supernova battle of the bands like oh yeah so you win that and what's next after that like how then do you get a hold of underground operations i don't know if you remember like oh yeah i yeah all these uh, all these names are ringing bells for me and we we had experiences with all of them yeah yeah, yeah. true we did battle of bands we we uh in the know yeah oh yeah oh, oh. yeah we um we won one battle of bands at uh, mcmaster high school and we got you know all the judges from that show disband okay they were there whoa and uh we got we had this one of the people on the panel, I don't want to mention his name, uh, but he wanted to manage us and um, well, it was not going to work out. I mean, just based off our first few uh, conversations and where he would wanted to take us, we were like, oh, we're a fucking rock band, dude. I'm not true. I'm not working with a fucking outside songwriter. I'm a genius. <laughs> I'm, I'm 19 years old. <laughs> Fuck that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, also there was a, horrific contract that he had put on the on the table and wow. um uh it was it was not even seriously contemplated but uh Good that that segued us into um into uh meeting uh the, the good folks from underground operations but yeah we did we did all those battle of the bands things where like you had to go out and sell the tickets and you know bring all your friends and then you know, uh, some band, they'd be like, oh, the representative from Warner Music's going to be here. And they're like, and you're like, wow, it's your big shot. And they'd tell us every time, like, yeah, he got in a car accident. He's not coming down. Oh, today. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and we're like, oh, shit, is he okay? And he, oh, he's going to be just fine. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, there's no, there's going to be no judges today. And, uh, oh, shit, kicked over a bottle. Uh, but, uh, anyways, yeah, I mean, we, it's, um, I mean, I guess, as you said, you know, the whole thing's a game and uh, the game changes, but the basic tenant uh, tenants are the same. And there's awesome. uh, there's a lot of people looking to take advantage of uh, of artists uh, under the pretext of assisting their career. And some the funny thing is some bands actually do uh, rise through these uh, carnival games, mm -hmm. you know, but most don't. Most no. most are just making money for um, for. Uh, CD promoters that drive around in uh, honestly uh, cigarette stained uh, <laughs> uh, cars and never pay you. But yeah. uh, anyways, enough of my experiences. But uh, no, but that was it. Like yeah. Supernova. So that so okay. Wait, you would have played that in what year? Two thousand and ten. Called the, the Dirty Nell. Yep. God damn, that's tight. And so one of the things that we won was. Um, we won a we got to play at all of the participating universities in the thing but we had to email them and and, and book the dates and so like Kyle did it bless his bless his soul he like he he mailed all these universities and only like four, i think we were supposed to play at like 10 of them or like 15 of them and like we got to play maybe three shows the other people just would not respond to our messages oh but one of the shows like one kid uh responded to our email at um, one of the colleges in Waterloo and we get to open for Alexis on fire. They're like, Oh shit, this is a mistake. You're not actually allowed to play the show. And we're like, well, we're coming. Uh, so, what? and they, they had to figure it out and put us on and you played. Yeah, we played. That was the first time we met Alexis on fire. Yeah. Holy. And that was great. But, uh, 
Do you have pictures or anything from that? I we might. We might. That was in two, that was a, that was in September of 2010. And then um we played some other shows like we played just, you know, these we played up in Sudbury at uh was that Georgian okay. uh, University or College and uh uh wow. Yeah, we played we played some weird shows and stuff, but uh ultimately what it did yield us was we got to be on Disband, that right. show. Yes. And I'm still looking uh because they shot they like they had the whole thing with like Greg Norrie bursting in on us. So they shot like hours of footage and then like one day we got a phone call and they're like you guys are just too boring, you can't be on the show. Like there's not enough conflict. You guys just like sit around, play your guitars and there's no drama. Like, yeah, there's no drama. And oh uh, they're like, that's not going to work for us. And I was like, okay, sounds good. We thought our career was over. But in retrospect, I mean, for the last 10 years, I'm, I'm pretty thankful that we were not on disband, though I would love to see the footage that they shot. Right. Um, Honestly. Yeah, it would be great. Who still, is that like Bell Media or something? Who can good question. look for that stuff? I want to see that. I would love to see it. It'd be great archival stuff to Honestly. post up. But Honestly. Yeah, that was that was an, an, an experience in and of itself. Um, I was still in, we were all still in university at that time. Like we we're all, I was going to be a psychologist. Uh, and uh, I, was, I, was, I was at Laurier. Um, and I remember them coming up. And the day they were filming me at my school, um, somebody in my house that I was living with, uh, like, uh, threw a tantrum and like smashed the windows out of our house what? and they like filmed it. So I was like, how is this not enough drama for you guys? Honestly. But, uh, anyways, um, the show folded the though, the show folded. Right. Um, I think the guy got a little bit of it, but my, my, my recollection is, I think I, I want to believe that they got some of it, but they might not have. But anyways, yeah. crazy experience. Honestly, um, disband. We thought our career was over. We're like, that's it, guys. Like, did they tell you to disband? No, we didn't even get to that point. Like, oh. we got we were we were just like we were shaping up to do. And I think at that time too, the show was undergoing an overhaul where they were like gonna maybe remove the 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 judgment part, right? And they were gonna like like you were just gonna. I don't even I can't quite remember, but they were they were they were modifying the format because right. they wanted to make it like less negative. Wow. To, uh, which to me was the best part of the show. <laughs> disband. Yeah. It's like if your band yeah. sucks ass or they feel, yeah. then they're like you disband. I was really <laughs> looking not looking forward to being told to disband. Honestly. But, um Wow. Anyways, yeah, we didn't get far. Like there was just one day we had a phone call and it was uh it was it was not gonna fly. They were they were they wow. were uh, putting a fork in it for us but it's a heart sinker though yeah the, the 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 show folded like i don't even think they i think they did like two artists that year and they all they both okay. had like really really negative vibes to them and it was like yeah we wow. were we just didn't fit the 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 the, the look that they were going for wow. at that point Jeez. um but despite it yeah we're still here yeah here so um yeah um, dude let me ask yeah if I may, at what point did you realize, like, your jawline and shit? At what point did you realize how handsome you are? At no point. <laughs> no, at what point, though, did people start to say, like, this guy is outstanding <laughs> <laughs> at music and... <laughs> uh, at no point in my life. I think... Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I I just wish I could grow a beard. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, dude, you've got it all. You've got That's, it all. Uh, it's very kind of you to say, Brandon. <laughs> I I uh, I all I found is that if you get yourself in a tight spot, just keep smiling. I see. People think you'll, you're, dude. That's a charm. They'll let you through. They'll let okay. you through. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but um, I I do I have one more memory of disband, and yep. that was. Uh, every single time they were filming me, they had to stop filming because I wouldn't stop chewing gum. Really? I just, I still to this day, I like. Because you're not supposed to do that on TV. Well, the or- guy's like, we can't, we're not putting that on TV that you chew gum all the time. I'm like, I fucking love gum. Like, I don't know why, but I think it's just like, I'm just a cow. I just love chewing. Yeah. You know, but honestly, they had to like, um, they had they had to stop filming. Like they're just like gum. Like every yeah. every every ten minutes, gum. Like there'd be like the guy filming. Like stop stop the sure. camera. And uh, I remember, I remember we played. I think it was like we played fucking up young for the first time. Wow. Um, and I was terrified to play it because like I was still super unconfident to like in singing yeah. on stage, and. Uh, I remember them filming that and me just being so nervous beforehand. And uh, we were opening for the Arkells. Wow. Um, Who became the homies, right? Like yeah. after, probably, sh- yeah. They were, I th- they, no, yeah, they're the Arkells at that point. But uh, but um, they were your homies after that. Yeah, like, that was the first time I think we really kind of met them. Wow. Um, but um, yeah, I think the first, the first experience that they had of us was that like they found somebody in our bands like weed scattered throughout their dressing room and they're like, whose weed is that? And then I was like, oh yeah, I think it's probably somebody in our camps. <laughs> That's hilarious. That was the first time we met them. Um, and then uh, Max asked us if he's like, do you want, do you want to come up on stage and sing like this Stevie Wonder song with us? I was just like, no, I, I don't. I don't know anything other than like the replacements in Dinosaur Jr. I, I was like, That's I've never hilarious. heard this song in my life. Uh, wow! But uh, they were they were they were in doing the soul deep cuts at that point. But um, I was just looking to uh, to destroy, so it just didn't quite work out that True. time. But uh, and then from there, you guys were like dropping. You were like dropping singles and EPs and shit, right? Seven inches, yeah. I remember. Yeah. And then it was like this long build, I felt, to like the debut. Yeah, we we definitely, I mean, there was a there was an intense internal debate as to what to do. Like I was like, when we met when we had we when we had fucking up young, which we recorded in 2010, along with like nine other songs or something, I was like, this is our first album. I want this to come out. And everyone kind of had an intervention an intervention with me and we're like we can't put this out because if we just put this out, nothing's going to happen. And that's when we met Adam Bentley and he was just like, guys, if you put this out, it's going to be a horrible campaign. We're not like, you know, I'm not going to be able to get anybody interested. Drop the best songs from it. We got to build you up some momentum. And Adam was like, told me with a straight face, like these other songs are not as good as this song. He's like, these two are really good, but these ones, I don't know. Like, right. um, and he was right. Like it was, uh, um, there was like there was like three there was three songs that we still I mean we still play them sometimes but we we almost always play fucking up young but like there was cinnamon yeah. was on there and uh, this song called Verona Lung that we haven't really played much these days but we had like some just some other crazy sounding songs with like bizarre weird breakdowns and stuff and some more. Some other stuff that just was not really kind of up to the caliber of those ones, but um, 
Adam was smart where he's just like, listen, he, he kind of gave us our strategy. He's just like, we need to get you guys some foothold here and get some uh, get some traction going. And so Adam dropped Fucking Up Young for us in 2011. And then the next year we made a video. And then mm. like that song. At the party? Yeah. That yeah. song lived for a while and just kind of kept going. And then, you know, we dropped more singles and then we did an EP. And then like Fucking Up Young came back. And right. um, um, then eventually it was like, okay, we need to make a record. And, uh, I, I will say that during this kind of singles period, we talked to labels and like the, the, the contracts that they were offering us were not good. And, um, we were just like, we'd rather do this on our own. And we know that eventually that you'll come to the table with better terms. If wow. we, and so good I'm glad you. that we did that you Seriously. Know, because we, we were offered some contracts and we were kind of torn as to whether to take them, but we ultimately decided to do our own thing. And I'm not saying we, you know, there are a lot of. We learned a lot of lessons the hard way of, that, you know, are still relevant about vinyl times and all that stuff. Right. And But I, I have to give ultimate credit to Adam Bentley. He really mm. did shepherd us through that kind of early period of like being a band capable of making songs that people will like, but bridging that point to like actually releasing a record that people will actually care when it comes out, right. you know? And I think that's basically, that's, that's, that's what won me over. I was, I didn't like Adam when we met him. Oh. Like I was like, fuck you. I want to put this shit out. I also at that point hated everybody in the music industry wow. because of these kind of like early contracts that we had been offered. I was just like, everybody is out here to fuck us over. I hate all these people. I was like an old man when I was 19. Wow. I was just like, Jaded I didn't already. want to talk to any of these people. Yeah. Um, I just thought they were all hustlers. Wow. And uh, Adam was the first guy that we met where I was just like, this guy actually cares. Mm. Like he actually wants this to succeed. He's invested. He's not wow. just like trying to, there was, we've never signed anything with Adam. We've been working with him for 11 years. Like wow. um, we're just, we just, uh, you trust each other. Right? Yeah. You trust his calls. And yeah. That's good. And so Adam really, really is probably the reason why we're still, one of the reasons why we're still a band, you wow. know, because he really, as I said, helped us get through. Because if we would have put out a couple of full lengths and they're expensive to record and time consuming to write if you want to do it well. And, um, you know, and if, if those just kept falling flat, I don't know if we would have stuck in it. So... Um, yeah, I think Adam's strategy was really good. Um, but eventually it was like, yeah, we got to do, we got to do a full length. And, uh, it came together in the most chaotic way ever. Like we, we, uh, I think we we were just really inspired by what Pup did, like in terms of, they made a really good sounding record, you know, their first record sounds wicked. And we we're like, let's, you know, we can, we can make a big, loud, nasty record, but we, uh, I think we're completely unaware of what we actually sounded like at that point. So when we went into make higher power, we were incapable of like playing to a click. We don't, we like, we sometimes play a click, sometimes don't, but like our tempos were wild. We weren't good in the studio at that point, okay. put it that way. Like we were just kind of like trying weird shit. And um, so higher power took a while and like went, it was mixed by different people. And finally John Goodmanson mixed it. And I love how it sounds now. I had a while where I was like, I can't listen to that goddamn record, but wow. I can't somebody, I was at somebody's house like 
a few months ago and uh, they're like, I'm putting on this song. And I'm like, if you put on that song, I will cave in your fucking head. Please do not. And he like put it on. I'm like, it sounds way better than I remember. I th- in, in my mind, it yeah. sounds like razor blades fucking in a, in a garbage can rolling down a hill, but it sounds way, it sounds like that, but, but True. good too. Yeah. yeah. It sounds sick. It's tight. And well, it's, thanks dude. I get what you mean. Like, you need some distance from it or something though yeah. before you can return and appreciate it because you just remember the hell of a process took for forever sure. like we started in 2014 and in the fall of 2014 and it didn't come out until february 2016 so Damn. that always sucks eh? sitting for on sure. shit you know looping back to our, our our the very first thing we talked about it like when you have a record and you have to sit on it forever like i there's there, it's the, I, I will not do that again. No. I will not. I refuse to ever do that again. I'd no. rather just like, what's the best that we can do to support this? And then let's just move on to the next thing. It's sitting true. on some, it's, I find it hard to move on creatively. Like yeah. when you're still sitting on something. Yeah. And when you, I'm feeling sort of an empty nest now that it's out. I mm-hmm. want to immediately write more and I've got time right now waiting for tours to happen or figuring out when shows are going to happen or whatever. I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep writing or yeah. whatever. Cause now all my babies or whatever have gone. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? They're on. the silos empty, honestly. So I think it's got to get back out in the field. For, <laughs> honestly. So that's the way I'm feeling now, but I get what you mean. Waiting on stuff to come out. I had a similar experience on the first record and a label was cutting tracks and stuff off the record and suggesting that an EP come out before. It was like this really bizarre, mm-hmm. bad experience, honestly, with the first record and and just had to wait months and months. Yeah. Like, I think over a year for that after delivery, it came out. Wow. 13 months after. So it was, that was annoying too, just sitting around being like, and then hearing all your mistakes, right? Now yeah. I can listen to it back. I don't remember. No, the well, mistakes. you obsessed over. Yeah, and the stuff we caught, you know what I mean? Comped in or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember anymore, but. That's the thing about, I think, any kind of record is that, like, you know, it's a right, it's the right balance of, like, giving it everything you got to make the, to be as proud as, to make the best p- piece that you can, but also kind of, like, not having it just, like, sit there. It's like a meal, man. That's how I feel about Honestly. it. Like, it's like cooking a really nice meal. Like, you don't want it sitting there in the hot plate forever, you know, being like, did I add enough salt? Maybe I'll just add a little bit. Should I put that back in the pan a little? And then it's like, by the end, you can't like, you can't even like what you've done anymore. Anymore, no. you know because you just had too much time to think about it and i you know i think most people in our position are pretty obsessive mm-hmm. you know about mm-hmm. things and that's why i like deadlines because it's like all right it's this true. has to be done by this time because it's coming out then and then i can just move on to the next thing and yeah. you know let the chips fall where they may and it's beautiful to pe- see people enjoy it but like i gotta get this thing off my window because if i just keep sitting here i'll, I'll find things that i want to change about it and it's true um yeah, I mean that's it's it's uh, it's a dinger. All the people that I know that have sat on records for the pandemic feel like shit. Mm-hmm. Like uh, at least in my you know yeah. circle of, of of homies, like because um, they listen to them back or whatever. Yeah, and they're like, oh, but I'll change this. Yeah, I'll change this. It yeah. never makes it better, man. It like I don't know. It's you true. gotta just. It's also way better than you think it is. Like that's like if Often, you yeah. if you were really pumped when you made it. Go with that feeling, that's, you know? That's such a good call. I know, because there's a purity mm-hmm. there, right? And you got to kind of retain that purity and not 
scratch it away by yeah. trying to fix little shit or whatever. And, Big time. And have the discipline to be able to be like, walk away. That's why it's like, that's why a producer's great, you know, because mm-hmm. like it's kind of like hiring um, like a babysitter mm-hmm. over and like somebody to, to who, who, uh, who like making records is like a weird addicting process I find for myself where I'm just like, I want to keep trying things and do it like, and it's great to have someone who you have hired with money mm-hmm. to be like, nope we're taking you off this it's done and i'm signing off on it and like dude, yeah. you basically hire someone to like who's like your uh your sponsor oh yeah honestly, <laughs> that's what it feels yeah. that's what honestly, that's that's yeah, what i shepherd yeah, yeah honestly it's true yeah it's um i think i probably need that a bit more on my stuff like we work with simon larchette and he uh engineers everything and um, he's a fantastic engineer. He's amazing. He's the best, I think. Like, um, and, but then I end up, honestly, I did like six passes of on the master on this record. Like just punished. Jeff Hartling mastered all the LPs and he's amazing too, but I punished the process because I can't abandon it. Like at mm-hmm. the end, especially. Mm-hmm. So the master, yeah, six tries at a master is not... <laughs> good news because I'm just like too. So I need someone to say, okay, let's call it here. And let's like, we got a A referee, honestly. Yeah. And Simon has, has done that for us too. And been like, okay, there's gotta be a line here. And we've, we've tried this too many times or whatever. Mm -hmm. Wasn't it good before? Or what if we do this or whatever? And people in the room that I work with have chimed in, of course, but sort of self-producing it can go to it can be longer and more expensive probably than it needs to be and funny enough if you just spend a bit more money and hire a producer (laughs) you can sort of maybe save money so i'm thinking potentially on i want the next record to be self-titled chastity like lp4 and i don't know what's gonna happen with it but maybe a producer something i've just never never worked with someone officially or whatever yeah. like that and hired a, a producer to come in, but, but maybe this round, but, but it's interesting, man. I know. Yeah. The sitting on things anyways, I'm just thinking of sitting on things yeah. and the producer and the, yeah, it's a, it's a crazy time. Yeah. And it's records. for sure it is. And I, I also find one of the weirder things about recording is that like, I just find my mind begins to like slip when we're in the studio for too long or like working on something where you kind of lose perspective on what's happening. And um, it's great to have somebody that's like really, really experienced who's who knows when to be like, this is great. Um, and that's the end of it. You know, right. um, there's hilarious stories that from people I've talked to, especially that are making that we're making like kind of indie pop records 15 years ago like where they went like they were working on the vocals so much um and like editing so much that they like removed all the s's you know because they were just like you know like they're they over ds'd yeah they they and they just kind of they just you just lose the you lose the fucking thread after a while right like that's i find recording to be just like it's it's like you're in a in like a a radioactive room and you mm. kind of have to like get in for me at least i gotta get in execute and then like leave Honestly. because i'll just go nuts in there trying yeah. shit or trying to beat something i've done or like do a better scream or whatever and like 
I definitely depend on hired help to be like, that's it. You're done. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. (laughs) Well, especially with vocals or something, right? You can just go insane. I sympathize a bit with the DSing thing because I'm like, did I say that weird? And did I, do I have like a weird... People have said they can hear like a Canadian accent on some of my mm-hmm. thing, which I don't even, I can't tell. I can't hear it. I can't, like hey. I, I know, but I can't tell because I hear it around me all the time or whatever, but do I, but it's something I literally listen for. I don't want to, I don't want people to tell me that really, but so it's like this stuff and, and yeah, DSing things and does this need to be tuned maybe? Does this need to, or whatever, did I sing it? fucked up or whatever so i've gone down that and re-recorded stuff and put simon through like all right i'm coming back when, yeah. when's your when's your next date like yeah. we open his calendar and he's like are we actually still recording this album yeah like, so i've been there with all my stuff and um yeah it's grueling but it is yeah. it's kind of like i don't know i've never there's there's only been a handful of times ever where i was just like where I felt like, okay, it's done. And like when that feeling, when I do experience that feeling, it doesn't last where I'm just like, where then I hear something later, like, and I, I hear the exact same thing. And I'm like, wait, that's, that just shouldn't sound like that. And as you said, I think you put it perfectly. Like none of that shit, like you don't even hear any of the shit that you obsessed over there. You're like, we need to redo that. Like yeah. it doesn't matter. Like it actually doesn't matter. No. People it's, I, I also like for me the the issue with with sitting on a record or working on it too long is that you stop even like perceiving the things that you like about it and really just focus in on the things that you want to change and it all, often takes me like other people to remind me of be like this sounds sick and I'm like yeah it does sound sick like right. I forgot though because yeah. I'm focused on this little thing here or, like I don't like how it's saying there but I think everybody feels that way like there's um, there's, but there's, there's some, I think it's, it's part of the pr- process of like really, really caring as much as you can and trying to make the best thing that you can, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I know, but it's like, a, it's like you care so much that, that you're you destroying don't it. trust. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like you trust yourself too much or something. And I know I got to let like outside feedback in or something yeah. and I, someone to say, but then I'm nervous. It's like letting someone in the studio or whatever mm-hmm. during a session, it's like, they better say it's sick. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you don't then say I'll it's be sick, a- you're fucking gone. Dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm really nervous, honestly, to like protect myself from like criticism mm-hmm. while I'm in there or whatever. It's like, I don't really want anyone to hear it. Like, cause I want to beat them to any criticism and sharpen it so sharp before mm-hmm. they say anything. You yeah. Know? So it's a weird it's got to be like specific people that I know are nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Like every kind of stage of the whole thing is, is just a leap of faith. Like, you know, especially yeah. when you're making stuff in isolation and you, you just, as cheesy as it sounds, you kind of just have to like reconnect with like, do I like this? Mm-hmm. You know, because it, it becomes very nebulous beyond that of just like, does this sound right? Does this sound right? You just kind of have to check in with yourself. And yeah, I mean, it's easier said than done past a certain point. Like when you've been working on a crop of songs for like a while, yeah. it's very hard to have an even perspective on it. Cause mm. you're just like, it's gone through a lot of changes and you've, you know, you've polished it and all this stuff. And 
it's uh, and in the end you like the demo best in the end the demo's better yeah exactly so that's the funny thing about it too is that like some of the I mean like I for myself I always just kind of think back I'm like what's my favorite shit and it's like there's lots of mistakes in my fa- in my favorite music for, sure. for other bands. So I'm just like, I should have mistakes in mine too. Like, for sure. You know, yeah. so that's why I like working with people that force me to keep mistakes where they're yes. just like, uh, like I really like John Goodmanson. His, mm-hmm. his one of his, he's got a lot of mottos, uh, not, not that he kind of, not uh, official ones, but some, some, one of my favorite utterances I should say of his was, uh, perfection is the enemy. Mm, honestly. It's, uh, it's true, yeah. right? Like, um, it's uh, it's fun having 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 weird things in there that you would do differently, but you didn't at yes. that time. Yeah, and uh, um, I don't know. It's very, very, very easy to get lost in the sauce when making a record. Big time. Yeah, yeah. but people, I think, appreciate that grit or that purity or something that you let it go, and it's like a vulnerability. It's like, yeah, yeah we fucked up that part, but here it is we can all have it or whatever it's an aesthetic like, like in 2022 it's an aesthetic choice to keep mistakes in your recorded for music, sure yeah you know? for sure it is so yeah it's sweet we like on the first version we have a song called you're scary now um of course and on the first version of that there's a huge fuck up in the solo on the first 50 seconds of the song or whatever and we kept it we laughed when it happened and we heard it back and it made sense somehow yeah and we I don't know why we were just like, yeah, that's got to stay or mm-hmm. whatever. We fixed it for death lust, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, I appreciate the first version mm-hmm. of it and just keeping that in. Um, and I've tried to sort of recreate that moment, I think, but you can't recreate little fuck ups and honest little things that happen. But if they do happen, it's like, let's keep that in there in a, you're scary now type of way, you know yeah. what I mean? But yeah, shit. You're working on new stuff right now. Yeah, totally. We're um, if you don't mind me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, we we got a lot of new songs. We're um, we're gearing up to uh, to uh, to get back in the studio. I'm really excited to do that. Like it was definitely weird. Like you know, making fuck art and then being at home and then we. I'm super happy we got to do some shows around it. You know, not yeah. not as many as we like, but you know. Uh, it's better. Like I had a blast. Like that was a fun little run that we did. So good. We we played some great shows. Um, it's a bummer that we didn't get to do Ham. Well, we're gonna do Hamilton in April. Yep. We'll, yep. We'll, we'll we'll rip those shows. But um, yeah, it's it's a weird thing because it's just been a total off ratio mm. uh, for us. Where like we make some songs. We work on them really hard and then we play them for like years and then yeah. like we get back to work and do it all over again. But this time it's been much more of a focus by necessity on just like making new music, which I'm really loving. Like I've, I've, I've never enjoyed my relationship with writing music as much as I do right now. Um, just because, um, for the first time ever, like my, the first time in like the history of my, uh, career as uh, a songwriter i like got back to work as soon as we finished fuck art wow. usually it's like we finish a record like when we finished higher power master volume i was just like done like yeah. i'm just like i'm not touching it like i'm not i'm not i'm gonna let my writing muscles atrophize to, to, to nothingness yeah. and then have to like frantically rebuild them and like have a crisis of my own faith <laughs> and like be like yeah. i can't do this anymore <laughs> like uh, like that's usually been my process yeah. and like build yeah. back my self-esteem like brick by brick Honestly. but like this time i was just like fuck art 
done. Super happy with that. Now on to the next one. Yeah. So that's where we're at right now. Wow. I'm super jazzed on the tunes. And you've had a year then of yeah. mostly, I mean, you guys toured though. You played some, I know not as much, but as soon as things opened in, in a safe way, yeah. you, you came back for a bit. I but think we got to do yeah. like 40 shows. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's maybe more than I've heard any other Canadian band doing. So it's tight. Like, yeah, you got some in, but, um, but other than that, you were writing and yeah, you're totally. home, right? Like you're exactly. And I mean, like one of the, one of the thing. I mean, just going back to the, one of the things I just said earlier, like usually the vibe that we've had is like, okay, well now you've finished the touring cycle for that album where it's there where's the next album you know that's kind of been what things are at and kyle and i really got a chance to be like okay well let's just go down in the fucking basement and fucking bash away on nonsense and just like make like let's not like i've got a few songs i wrote a few songs but like let's not even touch those yet like let's just start bashing uh, away mm-hmm. together like we did since we were 16 because yes. that's the way my favorite nil songs always happen wow. it's just like some kind of interaction between kyle and i just like that we didn't plan where like i'll bring i'll bring nothing and we'll just like he'll just play a beat or whatever i'll start a riff and then we just wow. start going together and there's the there comes the riff there comes yeah, the and then song I'll, I'll have we'll have our distorted broken pa system that we've had since the band started where I can't hear anything other than the note that I'm hearing. It's just like so distorted. So it's so fun to sing because it sounds like distortion yes. guitar, like yes. your voice. So it just sounds like Beastie Boys immediately. And you're just like, ah! you yeah. know, that's what we did for like weeks and kind of like got a bunch of stuff together. And, you know, a bunch of it was crap and we couldn't use. But like it was the first time making new music has been as fun as that in a wow. long time for me. Wow, you know? shit. So, I mean, one of the silver linings, at least for me, uh, about the pandemic was like really getting to reconnect like what I love about like making music. Not, I love obviously like being deprived of getting to play it for people has been a huge bummer, but refocusing our minds on just like, okay, what do we like about rock and roll? And like, let's make noise that makes no sense, but makes us laugh, you know, has been a beautiful thing that we haven't really had the luxury of doing, or at least we haven't felt Mm -hmm. like the luxury of doing, excuse me, that's a burp, uh, in, uh, in, in years, you know, where there wasn't any time imperative. We had no, nobody was like, there was no deadlines. It was just like, we're bashing away like teenagers again. That's good. So I'm really excited about what we've made. It's been so existential, like the pandemic. I think we've had so much time alone probably Mm -hmm. that it's like, let's boil everything back down as best we can into like what we love about what we're doing. Yeah. Why are we doing this? Right. Like, you know, and and so let's do it the way it maybe started and we loved it back then or whatever. And it's just like clarity. And I don't know, I feel clarity too from this time. I think it's like, okay, what do I want the project to be? What was the project originally? Mm -hmm. Not that it's strayed so far from that at all, but it's grown and stuff. And it's like, but where were the roots or whatever? I think it's sweet that you're like, okay, let's get this going old like og style yeah. or whatever right like bashing like, away in the basement till my parents hit the uh the yeah. circuit breaker <laughs> yeah. and saying that's enough of that shit <laughs> exactly. for tonight exactly no it's that's sweet i completely share that perspective that that one of the benefits of this entire thing has just been a re like a realignment of like mm. 
as you said, an existential answer or like it forces you to really look at what you're doing. Everybody in the yeah. world is forced to really look at what they're doing because everything's Honestly. shut down. The hustle and bustle, bustle has subsided significantly, mm-hmm. at least for certain periods of time over this uh, three years or two years or whatever it's been. Yeah. And you have to be like, why do I like this? And what do I like about this? And let's lean into that. Yeah. Um, and I, am I going to continue to yeah, do this am I gonna continue challenging to do this? thing that consumes my whole goddamn life? And if I'm going to do it, on what terms am yes. I going to do it? You know, rather exactly. than like, you know, trying to, you know, I, I love touring. I love playing shows. It is my favorite part about being in a band. But at the same time, like, we were in a schedule of just like we had just been on the road forever and mm. i mean we, like we had a month or two at home but it wasn't really this like but in the, that time it was just like gun to your head you've got to be working on the next crop and i'm not trying to complain or anything because i love my life but like it was just a much more of a of a we we're just on a much more controlled schedule with really really intense deadlines at least self-imposed so it was really kind of hard to just enjoy bashing away in the in the basement with no one listening you know and that has been as i said like a really really great thing to not have tour dates and i love touring i can't wait to get back out there i hate to be pissing away this time not playing shows but Mm. i really am I have to say I'm happier playing music. I'm, I find more joy in it than I have in a long time, which is uh, has been great. You know, it's it, so good. Yeah, it sounds like you've kind of been able to have a similar experience. You know, when you're, when yeah. you're not thinking about. I mean, we had to think about visas and stuff in the fall. And <laughs> it's it true. Sucks I did moving too. around dates and stuff, but just getting to write alone yeah. with yourself is great. Oh, big time! No, it's true. Yeah, there's sort of been the email game has started more and more with this yeah. new record or whatever, but. And the V, like our visas came the night before or the morning. Oh of my our God, tour. that was a nail biter, eh? It was insane. Yeah. Like, so that was a bit of a nightmare. And, um, but exactly, man, it's, yeah, just been kind of boiling it back down to like, okay, what do I love about this shit? Mm-hmm. I want to do more of that shit then mm-hmm. and, and whatever, you know, but it's been good, man. It has Trippy been ride. good. Trippy ride. Trippy yeah. ride, eh? Rock and roll. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it's a long way to the middle if you want to rock and roll as ACDC, I think it's that. Um, but uh, in conclusion, I mean, I, w- I just wanted to ask you, I mean, like, what yeah. what are you looking forward to about this year? I mean, you just dropped an amazing new record and Thank it's getting you. the praise that it deserves. You, I'm sure I, I've, I saw some of your dates lined up. You're doing that one in the that sick ass festival in the UK, right? Mm. With Turnstile and yeah. Knocked Loose playing it yeah. as well. Um, that would be crazy. Yeah. What else you got going on? What are you looking forward to? Yeah, just sort of sorting it. Like, uh, really looking forward to getting overseas again. Like, um, got some Canadian stuff coming up. Um, I can't even. I've got a bit of COVID brain right now, but um, just touring. I want to tour our fucking faces off mm-hmm. when it's safe and when it's chill to do so. Got some rapid tests sorted out. Nice. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, got some got stuff. <laughs> got it going. So, yeah, I think just, uh, I think in my mind, I'm kind of picturing like the record's called Suffer Summer. I kind of just want to do like a Suffer Summer tour and just be gone all summer. It seems to be the safe time to be able to play shows yeah. when it's hotter out. Yeah. And people are outside, not as 
like inside as much with each other. So um, I just want to tour and and do it, you know. Yeah. As much as we can and and play these as much as we can. And I think in the meantime, I'm just gonna keep writing music and start filling up the hopper again. Honestly. So that's what I'm doing. Like I've just been writing and and whatever kind of waiting for the world to come back and just trying to fucking post on the internet so yeah. that people don't forget suffer summer just came out and <laughs> so it's a weird i'm in a weird i've never been in this position before right that none of us fucking have um with just trying to promote something yeah. while not being out there so um but it's i mean we're sitting in january now yeah and it's like okay we've got 12 months to figure out how can we fill this in the wisest ways possible, you know? So just sorting it out. Like what's up at the Toronto show? Is mm-hmm. there going to be a Whitby show? Is there going to be, you know what I mean? Just trying to figure it out. So, yeah. um, but I think some of the first shows back are going to be with you and yeah. the fucking hammer. Be so great, let's, man. let's do it. Yeah. I'm going to put up a Christmas tree. Still the oh, holiday yeah, shows. We'll that see. Good. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Um, yeah. I saw some of them say like, you're going to still play the Christmas song. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I said, if you yell it out, yes, we'll play it. Yeah. Think, <laughs> so yeah that doesn't go for every song though. Yeah. Just the Christmas song. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, that'll be, those will be really fun. And I, I agree. I think I, honestly, I'm not, not to sound like a, like a naive optimist here, but there, there does seem to be a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel with all this stuff. Uh, going on year two of saying that, honestly, uh, but, uh, <laughs> <Honestly>. <laughs> um, you know, at least like even looking at it pessimistically, there's going to be some nice windows of of greatness this year, and we'll, we'll have totally. to savor those. And I think you've timed out this whole thing really well. You know, you got a wicked album that just dropped; it's getting a lot of attention. It seems to be building beautifully, and you'll be able to capitalize on it nicely in the spring. And um, and then we're back to another lockdown. <laughs> I don't want to jinx it, but uh, no, it's Shit. yeah, damn it. Uh, yeah. yeah, Joe Rogan told me. So, oh, jeez, yeah. we're kind of going Joe Rogan style here for yeah, the exactly. long form, eh? Mitch, yeah, how long, long we got? It's good. Okay, not bad. Yeah, oh, not good. bad. That's, that's good. I'm cheering for Neil Young, by the way. Yeah, here. me too. Let's I don't think he's gonna win, yeah. but no, I'm I, I worried. Think, yeah. yeah. The world is a crazy place. It is. It's so irritating to watch people argue on the internet and be like, I'm calling you out on the internet. And it's just like, it's true. I don't care though, <laughs> man. And I'm not trying to say I don't care about world issues and cause I do, but like, uh, like I just can't, what if we just like ignore the whole Joe Rogan thing? Will it go away? Like, mm. Or do we, I don't know. I don't know what the answers to these questions are. These are philosophical questions beyond my peanut mind. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know. For the next podcast, anyway. For the next Yeah, time. exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll leave that <laughs> for the next time. <laughs> yeah. our, our, the next time we reconvene for one of these in the dystopian, in Joe yeah. Rogan's United States of America. <laughs> Honestly. We'll see you then. He's president. Yeah. yeah Joey shit. Diaz is head of state. Holy shit. Um, all right. Any any parting words to the to the to the people out there on the wonderful internet? Um, any advice to young bands? Oh my or, goodness. Uh, anything like that? Um, keep it up on the TikTok. And uh, no, I don't know. Thank you for having me on this. And I've watched this podcast a bunch. Listen to this podcast a bunch. So thank you for having me on and uh having me over here 
and uh, I'm sorry I asked you about being handsome. Oh, <laughs> Randy, you can ask me anything, dude. Okay, okay. okay. Me casa, su casa, dude. Right. Appreciate it. Thank you, Luke. Thank you for coming on, Brandon. Everybody check out Suffer Summer and uh, much love. Hail, hail rock and roll. Take care of each other.